1: Welcome to Switched On Pop. I'm songwriter Charlie Harding. And I'm musicologist Nate Sloan. So, Nate, this week we have a musical mystery.
0: Hey, Charlie and Nate, it's Sarah from Berkeley here. What is going on with We Don't Talk About Bruno? We don't talk about Bruno, no, 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 no. The song has obviously completely taken over the world, and I want your musical take on what makes it tick.
2: Yes, We Don't Talk About Bruno, smash hit off the soundtrack for the Disney film Encanto, which came out late last year. It's time to talk about We Don't Talk About Bruno. And this one is a bit of a mystery because it's rare that a Disney
1: song makes it onto the Hot 100. And Bruno is currently at number one, having unseated Adele. And it could potentially be the biggest Disney song since the 1990s when A Whole New World was charting.
2: I mean, that kind of surprised me because what I've heard of this song, it's pretty unusual for a chart topper. Like, where did it come from and how did it get to be so popular? Right. So the
1: essential details here are Encanto is the latest Disney animated film taking place in a fictionalized Colombia. It follows the Madrigal family. They each have special powers except for the protagonist, Mirabelle. They have a forgotten uncle. Mm. Bruno. Ah. He's got a two sided gift for seeing the future. Not everyone likes the future that he sees. So he goes into exile. The extended Madrigal family are gossiping in this ensemble song featuring multiple characters, cousins, aunts, uncles, figuring out what's up with this exiled uncle Bruno.
0: (laughs)
2: nice summary charles do the little mermaid next <laughs> <laughs> songwriter charlie harding
1: explains Disney songs and three or less is
2: the yeah exactly i'd listen
1: you asked why is it a hit i think that's why we're here i have my theories mm. i imagine you have your theories what are you hearing
2: the very first thing i hear when i listen to we don't talk about bruno is the musical accompaniment let's zoom in on the piano part When I hear this piano part, I'm instantly transported to the world of Afro-Latin music, and particularly a style that originated in Cuba called Montuno. We've actually talked about this on the podcast before, way back when we dug into Camila Cabello's Havana. Right. So this piano motive is very characteristic of the style. The way it features these kind of syncopated notes in the left-hand bass.
1: Yeah, played alone, it's almost not enough information to even tell where the beat is.
2: Yeah, it's very disorienting. The right hand kind of grounds you in these arpeggiated melodies. Though actually, now that I'm playing it, it's also pretty syncopated as well. It makes you want to dance. I mean, that's the point of this. Yeah. And then, so this belongs to this larger genre of Montuno, but the sound of... This particular one, the way it's in this C minor key, the way it's kind of at a slower tempo, this is a a, a particular tradition called Guajira, known Hmm. for its kind of laid-back, sultry, and maybe kind of slightly mysterious sound, which is appropriate to the the text of of We Don't Talk About Bruno.
1: Yeah, you're right. In fact, Lin-Manuel Miranda, the musical auteur from Hamilton in the Heights, Moana, who wrote this song, Bruno, he supposedly wrote this song on the spot when the screenwriters were like, we've got this spooky character, kind of a mystery. And he's like, okay, this is definitely a dark, slow piano, Montuno.
2: Interesting. I mean, you can hear it even from the very first notes, this kind of the, the the two piano notes that lead into the first chord. It's like there's something a little, it's dark. A little dark about it. This is menacing. Yeah, we're in a minor key. And then this tense seventh chord that ends each chorus spooky there's a lot of a lot of suspense here so for me what brought me into the song even before i'd seen the movie and really knew what it was about at all was the sonic references to afro latin music and the kind of sinister slightly macabre harmonic choices that are being made here so that's like that's what first got me into this song yeah yeah but I feel like that's just one part of the picture of this song. Like, what what are you hearing? The most curious
1: thing about this song, especially being now a pop hit, not just a Disney animated musical song, is that it's a piece with many characters. Like, each verse is a different person right. singing in a totally different style. Hmm. Let's take a listen to the first verse: Peppa Madrigal and her husband Felix. <laughs>
0: It was my wedding day. We were getting ready and there wasn't a cloud in the, no in
1: the sky. This is the first verse, so we're very much in a that dramatic salsa guajira sound, right? When we get to the second verse, the next madrigal, Dolores, she takes us into the world of hip hop. Oh.
2: Or maybe even, like, Latin trap. Definitely, yeah. I like the sort of ASMR
1: whispered rapping that she's doing here.
2: And, like, the bass kind of becomes an 808 at that moment. Yeah, exactly. What? That's cool. I didn't really pick up on that.
1: There's more characters. There's more characters. We go to verse Uh 4, and Isabella sings basically a ballad. Hmm.
0: Dreams would be promised and someday be mine.
1: But the most rewarding thing about this song is when you get to the final verse, you realize that all of these characters who've all been saying, Don't talk about Bruno, it's gossip. It turns out they're all talking about the same thing, and all of their parts have been written so that they collide together into a metaverse everyone sings together. So there's kind of a genre and sound for everyone. Hmm. My first reaction was like, well, this isn't very much like a pop song. It does too many things at once. Right. And then I realized, like, I feel like one of the biggest trends that we've spoken about on the show over the years has been the way in which song form has been upended, which genre has been upended. Right. Artists like Drake and Future on their song, Life is Good have two completely different songs mashed together
2: hit your block up I tell you if it was us Man, a house in
1: and artists like Jay Balvin decide to play with traditional verse chorus structure and just make hook after hook after hook
0: oh, oh.
1: So maybe we're kind of primed to hear a song like Bruno, which jumps from place to place because it's narratively compelling and it doesn't really matter if it follows a particularly set form.
2: Interesting. So as mainstream pop becomes more formally adventurous and experimental, there's actually more room in our kind of mainstream taste for the kaleidoscopic styles of a song like We Don't Talk About Bruno. Yeah, exactly. I find that very persuasive, but I'm still pretty surprised at the success of this song. I I feel like there are other tracks from the Encanto soundtrack that are even more plausible as pop hits like surface pressure
0: like
2: Like, that is a pop chorus to me it's got a beat it's got a repeating chord progression it's got a melody that cycles around and round i i I hear and i think oh yeah that works as a pop song Actually, no surprise, Surface Pressure
1: is currently in the top 10 as well. Who knows? Maybe it could reach as high as Bruno.
2: Okay, so I wasn't wrong in my diagnosis of the pop predilections of that song. Yes, you are a pop oracle. (laughs) (laughs) Bruno is still, it's weird. It's different. It doesn't correspond to most of what's on the chart so... I'm going to need you to unleash your most esoteric theories as to why this song has become so successful, so I can truly appreciate it.
1: You know I will, and I'm going to do so in the second half of the episode.
0: Calling all female runners, it's time to lace up and join Team Milk. Plus, it's one of the best beverages for hydration, even better than water. The same electrolytes that are added to many of your favorite sports drinks are found naturally in milk. And in 2024, Team Milk is taking the next step to empower female runners by launching the only women's marathon in the U.S. designed for and by women. Built to be accessible, empowering, and community-building, the inaugural Every Woman's Marathon will take place in Savannah, Georgia on November 16, 2024. You can learn more and register for the marathon at everywomansmarathon.com.
2: Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. we got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work All right, Nate,
1: I've got two remaining potentially far-reaching theories as to why Bruno has got to be the hit off on Kanto.
2: Give it to me, Chuck.
1: Well, the first is that no matter what we do, we cannot escape Lin-Manuel (laughs) Moran.
2: Okay, I think I can see that.
1: Yeah, and he's been working this sound of putting together contemporary popular music Mm -hmm. and blending it with the world of Latin pop. He's been doing this for a while now, right? His first Broadway musical, In the Heights, does just this.
2: Mm. There
1: we go. You've got your piano montuno. You've got the rapping mashed together. We've heard this sound. But it's more than just the genre connections. There's a certain way that he writes There's a lot of sort of like musical genre tropes and things that he does over and over again that feel familiar. And if you've been exposed to his work, which is really hard not to have been, Hmm. you're going to be more primed to enjoy
2: Bruno. Okay. I'm intrigued. What are some of the tricks in the Lin-Manuel musical playbook that we might encounter here? To be honest, while I enjoy his work,
1: I'm not enmeshed in it in the same way that my wife is. Mm -hmm. And so... I had to call on Bess to answer this question.
2: Nice. Okay. Wow. Bringing the
1: big guns. I love it. Our Lin-Manuel Miranda whisperer. Do you know what we're going to be listening to?
0: Lin-Manuel Miranda. Do you know what it's from? Hamilton?
1: She hadn't seen Encanto. What? The, this, is the, this is the hit song from the movie Encanto. Okay. She's never heard this song.
0: God, this sounds just like the Maria Reynolds song.
1: She's referencing a song from Hamilton.
0: And I said, no, please, sir. That's what it reminds me of. It's the bodice ripping song. No, no, sing no, no No, no, no He told me my fish would die the next day.
2: Yeah.
0: No, no. He told me I'd grow a gut. And just like he said, no, he said no, that all no. my hair. This is it. No, no, no I did it. No, no, did I solve your alignment <laughs> well? The <laughs> that's
2: <the best> <laughs> that was awesome
1: right so the song say no to this from hamilton has this very similar no 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 quality as the bruno song in fact lin named the character bruno because he liked how no 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 worked so he relies on some common tricks
2: that's amazing bess you're on the payroll I'll let her know. For me there was one moment that brought me right back to Hamilton and it's in that ballad section sung by Isabella that you referenced earlier and it's it's when she does this particular kind of vocal embellishment it's when she sings, He told me that my power would grow. On the word grow, there's this spe- specific kind of melisma, like grow.
0: Me that my power would grow. grow. Like the that-
2: it's a subtle thing, but it's exactly what happens in the song Satisfied in Hamilton when uh, the, the Schuyler sisters are singing. And it's actually in the same exact key. They do the exact same melodic motive uh, on the word Eliza. Wow.
0: Grow like the grapes that thrive
1: on the okay, vine. that's wicked subtle, but also <laughs> w- wild to me, because that was the other thing when I played this for Bess. Yeah. She was, like, immediately singing Satisfied.
0: Okay, first of all, it's very Satisfied. God, I hope you're Satisfied.
1: And, you know, it's not the only thing the songs are borrowing, because Satisfied also does that, like, mashuppy thing. This is what Bess told me.
0: Satisfied is a companion song to helpless. It's a reaction to helpless. And they're sung on top of each other at a certain point in Satisfied.
1: Okay, so helpless is the other Skylar sister song. Mm. You hear Helpless.
0: helpless.
1: And then in Satisfied, that little melody comes in again. You have these characters colliding.
0: From this place, then I turn and see my sister's face, and she is, helpless, and she is helpless.
1: so wild. It shares not only that, what are we going to call that embellishment? We need to name
2: it, call it the, the Lin jump.
1: Not only does it share the Lin jump, it also <laughs> shares that characters mashing up their different perspectives, colliding on each other, just like Bruno does.
2: I feel like Bruno and Satisfied are are begging for a mashup. And maybe someone already has, but <laughs> if not, there's an opportunity there and we're offering it to you.
1: Wait, Nate, I've got one more Lin-Manuel thing that he does. A
2: Mirandism?
1: This, uh, this might be more of a musical cliche, mm-hmm. but he loves to completely cut the lights, zoom in, <laughs> light spotlight on one character yeah. in the middle of a song uh-huh. at the peak drama, right? Right, right. So it happens in Bruno. Your prophecy is when he told
0: me that the life of my dreams would be promised and someday be mine.
1: <laughs> you get the same thing in the song Wait for it from Hamilton.
2: What is <laughs> it like in his <laughs>
1: shoe? There it is. It's in My Shot from Hamilton.
0: I imagine death so much. Feels like a memory <laughs> oh my God.
2: Wait, dead this dead is so good. That's amazing. Chuck, we need a name for this one too. I almost think of it. It's like running off a cliff kind of <laughs> like you're like getting, you're going higher and higher and higher and then you just like are in free fall. It's very effective the way he does it.
1: So we have the lin jump, which is the little melody thing. And then we have the free fall when you jump off the cliff and everything is gone and you're just like floating there waiting to see what happens. Works
2: for me. Works for me.
1: Okay. I'm sure there's like infinite more little cliches and things that he does. Mm. They work. They keep pulling me into the songs. I, I totally agree. He's been doing this stuff for years. The songs are wildly popular. And it just kind of makes sense to me that at this point, that one of them or several of them would end up charting. But I think the reason why Bruno of all songs on the Encanto soundtrack is the one that's going up the charts is because it feels extremely connected to the language of contemporary popular music.
2: Mm. I hear at least four references. Okay, cool. I'm curious to to hear like what the reasons are because again, I don't hear this as belonging to, you know, the typical top 10, this kind of dramatic multi-character Broadway style musical theater number. Like, what is it doing up at the highest reaches of the top 40
1: that's because the first reference i hear hasn't been on the charts for a minute now
2: you ready cautiously i got nothing
1: are you kidding me one more time
2: da, da, da. one more time just the first two notes no no you don't get this that's not <laughs> that's that is patently different the beginning of bruno which we already talked about on this episode those opening notes it's being mysterious That is entirely different than Britney Spears. (laughs) Those are not the same. I don't know.
1: This is the the most diminutively silly connection I've ever drawn. Maybe it's nothing. It's not a connection. Just not a connection. Strike it from the record.
2: Okay. I got another one for you. Okay. Yeah. Wow. You're not off to a great start. So let's God, I hope I can win you back. All right.
1: All right. The verse in Bruno where things go into the ballad world. Uh Uh-huh. these chords familiar to you
2: that is one of the most ubiquitous chord progressions in pop music
1: okay but what if you spin it around and you play it like this
2: uh-huh
1: Despacito does it like this. Bruno does it kind of in the inverse.
2: Okay, you're warmer. You're warmer. You're, it's it's not the 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 complete pratfall that was your your opening salvo <laughs> here. This is your, your your your. I'm giving you partial credit for this one. Thanks. Yeah, you're right.
1: This is one of the most common chord progressions of all time. It's just a pop chord progression, but the connection to Latin pop is significant. Yeah. Right. I, when yeah. we hear, we don't talk about Bruno. I think it's due to the overwhelming success of Latin music on the pop charts in the last handful of years, right? Like, it makes me immediately think of a song like Cardi B, Bad Bunny, and J Balvin's I Like It. Right, it's got the same salsa-style piano montuno, Mm -hmm. it's got the 808 heavy bass. Mm. And when we go to the whisper rap verse of Bruno.
2: Right, Dolores' verse.
1: Yeah, we're in the land of hip hop drums, an upright bass that sounds processed to be very contemporary. And And if you'll bear with me, (laughs) keep on listening. yeah. We get this verse with a bunch of different characters later on in Bruno we haven't listened to yet, mm-hmm. and it's got this particular drum sound.
0: He told me my fish would die the next day.
1: Those claps? Yeah.
0: He told me I'd grow a gut, and just like he said, that
1: This is a moment in the song where we're trading characters, trading characters, and underneath we have these claps. Right. But it's not like a crowd clapping. Those are electronic drum machine claps that feel like they're coming from a song like Camila Cabello's Havana, for example. Hey.
2: I mean, that last reference rings the most true to me. <laughs> I mean, I mentioned Havana already as you know, another appearance of our Monduno and that Guajira sound. So yeah, I feel like that's that's a I'm comfortable with that as an antecedent. and I like hearing those hand claps there. I'm less skeptical than I was when you started. I do, I do hear the 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 modern references now in in Bruno, even though they're kind of like buried under the surface. I I, I do I do detect them. Yeah,
1: I mean, it's smart production. Like this isn't just a song in an old school musical tradition by any means. They're using contemporary hop sure. language and moments as minuscule as the sound of a clap to make us feel like it fits more comfortably on the Hot 100. But to be honest, answering this question of why does any song work? Yeah. Man, it's a million extra musical reasons. TikTok, blah, 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 right? Sure. It's tons of kids watching a Disney film, Uh loving it. Right. But then it's the song just working, and this is a weird song. Like, we haven't even talked about the fact that there's a lyric about a dead fish in the <laughs> middle of the song. Like, right. <laughs> it is truly bizarre, and I think it is a mishmash of all of these things. The success of Latin pop, the sure. the empire of Lin-Manuel Miranda, right? the way that a piano montuno from Salsa just makes you want to move a certain way. Mm-hmm. And, of course, all of the subtle references yeah. to contemporary pop.
2: Charlie? that's enough for me i mean when i listen to bruno now i'm not going to be so mystified i'm going to be thinking about all of those connections and i'm just going to be enjoying having a wonderfully weird and different song at the top of the charts i think that's awesome Switched on Pop is produced by
1: Nate Sloan, me, Charlie Harding. were are edited by Jolie Myers, engineered by Brandon McFarland, illustrations by Iris Gottlieb, and community management by Abby Barr. Our executive producers are Nishat Kerwa and Hannah Rosen. We're a member of the Vox Media Podcast Network and a production of Vulture.
2: You can find more episodes of our show anywhere you listen to podcasts and our website, switchonpop.com. Also, we love hearing from you on the Twitter and the Instagram at switchedonpop. Tell us what you're hearing in Encanto. What are the Lin-Manuel Mirandisms that we missed and the other sonic references to pop that are layered in there where we're eagerly awaiting your response?
1: We'll be back on Tuesday with a conversation with the electronic dance duo, Sylvanesso. It's going to be yes. really fun. And until then, thanks, thanks for, listening. for listening.
0: Why do you run? Why does anyone? I always thought that runners loved running, and that's not the case. Most runners hate running, <laughs> but they choose to do it.